Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs Nightly. Folks, it's been a week, uh, and that is unfortunate, but here we are. Uh, Mason's team of cheaters won their cup, uh, and we placed, and that that is what it is. We could go into it a little later. We could not. We could oh, save we're, it. We're going we're gonna to go into it. We could just talk about right, right um, now. The, the one in seven fucking Canadians, if you want. But before well, we go I think into we that, Mason, how how are you, Mason? I'm doing fucking <laughs> fantastically because I come from a nation of winners, and uh, we don't celebrate bronze medals here. We throw them out. Well, but, buddy, we're not fucking celebrating them. I don't think. I don't think they came home to a parade. Oh, you. What we before the show started, your response. I said, was, "Hey, we placed. That's great because we, still, we, we still didn't place bronze. last year. Yeah, you we still won bronze." bronze. You didn't win bronze. You lost bronze. We earned it. We earned it. No, you lost. We could have came in fourth like Sweden. Sweden didn't come in fourth. Oh, yeah, they did come in fourth. Yeah, they came somewhere. Okay. But but you what? Still lost. You still lost. Yeah, we lost. But we placed. And I just, I need you And to... there's something to win in that. <laughs> there's no win in a bronze remember when you Remember when you guys didn't win? Hmm? You like one every five years. Sorry. Remember when that happens the to you? Time, the one time we lost. Hey, I don't know. I don't know how many times because, you know, we don't. It, it's a sport not celebrated down here, especially the junior aspect of it. So I, I haven't watched it as many years as you. So I don't I don't know. It actually weirds how, me out that it's not like a big thing because it's not. For, for like, don't give a fuck I about the kids. I associate Christmas with like world junior time. Boxing Day it kicks off. It's like for, it's for us is for us it's just like Christmas. So Green Bay is going to play somebody. Detroit's going to play somebody. The Cowboys are going to play somebody, and that's it. 
there is no talk of hockey and it's it's sad yeah that's lame it is sad so how was your uh how was your week there he goes sorry that's my uh lovely roommate you good he does nothing wrong he's he's not the one he's not the one <laughs> no um, one's upset with him no we are very upset with him who not the yeah. editor so so what do you have to be upset about okay anyway uh <laughs> my week was good uh the Habs finally got a win on saturday yes, so i didn't get to watch it because i'll be honest i kind of needed the needed the break i just moved in back into res yesterday so wasn't too worried about the game. I thought we were going to get blown out, but the Habs actually played really well. Uh, I did watch the recap. Uh, our Mia turned into Gretz Mia again. He has three goals in his last two games, so that's nice to see. Um, and Suzuki finally you know, had a decent performance, two-point night. Caulfield continues to score. It was a – honestly, you can't – as much as we are team tank right now, that's not a win I can be upset about. The Habs earned that win, and – that's a win you're okay with, you know, okay with taking on the record. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Uh, I was looking up puns to throw you away in a little bit. Uh, fuck St. Louis. <laughs> what what a tough team. Uh, I'm so glad that of any team we could have beat. I, honestly, we should I wish we would have beat the Rangers. But uh, St. Louis is just the perfect team to win against as a, as a team that can – that can be there and then get their ass kicked at the same time. I'm just and, happy it was a Western Conference team. Yeah. And a, a team that, that is good because as far as I'm concerned, I would like to lose every game to bottom 10 teams for mm-hmm. the remainder of the season. Especially after watching what Connor Bedard did in the World Juniors. Look, we knew what was coming. With Bedard, we understand that he is a generational talent. He's going to be that guy for a very long time in the NHL. But his world junior performance was not only generational, but it was historic. And he is the greatest Canadian world junior player ever and arguably one of the greatest world junior players ever, all before he's been drafted, which is just insane because, yes, it is an under-20 tournament, but let's be honest, it's basically a 19, 20-year-old tournament. And he's done all this at 16, 17. It's absolutely absurd. So if the Habs can keep losing, like anything the Habs can do to increase their chances to draft this kid, I encourage. But like I said, that one against St. Louis was absolutely deserved. And, you know, it's not going to, we're not going to lose every single game for the rest of the season. It's just not. Does he have an early or a late birthday? Like, what is it that he's draft eligible at? What is he, 17 now? Bedard? Yeah. He is uh, – he would be normal. Like, he, I don't know what the cutoff is usually, but his birthday would be like – Oh, never mind. So, it makes sense. Yeah. So, by the time the draft is coming around, he'll be 18. He's not, he's not like Austin Matthews, where Matthews was 18 when he was drafted because he mm-hmm. was actually born the same year McDavid was, uh, 97. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's 97 David's born, right? I don't me, know. Sorry, let me quickly look that up. You're good. But uh, he's, he's trying. Yeah. 
Whereas Bedard, this is the 2005 draft class, and Bedard is born in 2005. Wow. So he's not just older than everyone, and that's why, like Lafreniere, for example, was a uh, 2000 born, or what's he? No, he was 2001 born player in the 2002 mm-hmm. draft because he has a late birthday. Bedard isn't just imposing and destroying the competition because of his age he is he's with them just out genuinely better than absolutely everybody on the planet okay okay well you kind of glanced uh glanced over it but uh yoel armia going off but uh we also had kirby docks finding it again and our uh, rare power play goal but cole caulfield gets his 23rd of the year off of a, a great situation. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught the highlight for that. Really fun goal. Um, Armia's first goal was the best. Was Stick that circling in the zone? And yeah, he like decided to keep it and he like went, he kind of like it was the circle, goes back. Yeah, it was him showcasing the talent that had scouts draft him in the first round. Good. And the talent that, you know, we've seen in flashes where, you it leaves you wanting more but usually but finally he decided to use his body in his hands and he made a good play got a goal and it was it was just a great play for Mermia. yeah it was fabulous uh i love that it was like like you said it was like a good showcasing because that's that's just a clip we want to show everybody that might be interested in, in grabbing a you know a relatively easy pick you know you don't really need a lot for them we just kind of need him gone at some point. That's a great, that's a great yeah. clip to show. Uh, but the Caulfield goal, uh, just to bring it back up, it was kind of uh, a little unusual. Uh, St. Louis fumbles the puck behind. I guess it was Bennington. He seemed um, erratic, so that's why I'm calling him Bennington because he's you know swinging at people and shit. But uh, Suzuki kind of post check, poke checks it, and Caulfield grabs it back and. If I'm not mistaken, does like a he kind of in front of the net now, like poke checks it, but does it with the backhand and it just kind of wafts right over Bennington, which has got to be very fucking insulting to him. But uh pretty bizarre situation, but sick goal. He's fucking pumped his shit afterwards, too. Um it's kind of a little upsetting though. What game is this? We're like uh almost 30 games in. And he's reached his point of last year. I think he got 23 on the year. We're not even close to being done with the season. He's already fucking. He's become the second youngest or second. It's taken him the second fewest games to reach 50 career goals. The only person that did it faster in Habs franchise history was Maurice Richard. What a badass. I love this fucking kid, dude. Right? So. They need to respect him on fucking NHL though. I saw the other day they like he's he's still not even like a fucking 90 overall. I mean, I don't think Caulfield should be a 90 overall. You don't think? Just just well, the sniper rating, wise. The rating system is totally different in that game. But if he's an 86 overall and he has like a superstar X factor. Yeah. So which I'm sure you can guess what it is. It's his shot. Yeah, snipe. So yeah, no, Caulfield's what still on pace for 40, I believe, right? I would think so. Fuck it. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's increased. Habs have played played 40 games and he has 23 
Jesus, goals. I said we're almost at 30. <laughs> on pace for like 40 goals, 47 goals. 48. Dude, just to just to achieve the 40, 40 goal mark is just unreal. And to just be a fan, not only of Cole Caulfield, but of this team and know that we have someone like that in our fucking wheelhouse again that's this young, it's so, I don't know, fucking awesome. He also leads the league in even strength goals, which I think is – not only a testament to his talent, but just shows how poor our power play is. Like if we had a recent, <laughs> even an average power play, you can only imagine that Cole Caulfield would probably be, probably be way up there. Like among the, he's already among the leaders, but I'm saying he'd probably have 30 goals this year. Right. Yeah. If with, we, if we had a, a, a working, I get what you're saying. Power play. Yes. Cause McDavid has 33 goals and I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that more than half of them are on the power play. Yeah, you're and probably right. It's the same for most players who aren't defensemen. They score a lot of goals on the power play. Caulfield doesn't have that advantage. When he, once he finally gets that, I think I don't look like, the fuck out. It's so within reach for him. Right. Like I think it's almost kind of ridiculously funny how like accessible 50 could be if he had a mid-table power play but yeah like if have, we were, even if we were yeah. just like middle of the pack like a it's just a functional power play at this point mm-hmm. like what we're operating with is pathetic truly like and utterly pathetic yeah like especially when you watch like the world juniors too and you see these 17 year old 18 year old 19 year old kids mm-hmm able to operate <laughs> a better power play than these fucking professional it just it baffles me how the Habs may continue to have a shit power play but yeah um, th- thanks to the last stretch of games we are 32 we are at the bottom at 15.08 percent power play it's just it's not good enough like it's not going to cut it yeah um before we get to team canada i love doing that to you um Armia does have another goal. So defl- uh, I guess it's more of a – no, it's not a deflection. It's a rebound. Uh, another great, great goal. But um, let's talk about the next game real quick. Even though Shane Wright's not going to be there, we're playing a very, very dangerous Seattle team. In fact, it'll be uh, before you guys – before you guys watch the game, this will be out. Um, how do you feel about that? There's – this team's kind of connecting like Vegas's first season. Um, and their power play is 17th in the fucking league. Jesus. I don't know. I think Seattle's, I think Seattle's definitely defied expectations. Matty Beniers is definitely a part of that. Um, Jared, you know McCann, what? Like they have Jordan Everly, they have a very good core of forwards. And I think on the defense, they have guys stepping up. Uh, Martin Jones. Vince Dunn. Yeah, Martin Jones has definitely had kind of a redemption year. How about that, huh? Yeah. Um, 18-5-3 for Martin Jones at a 0.89 percentage. Uh, One cool thing that it it won't be to our advantage, they are 31st in penalty kills at uh, only 68.8%. 
Well, and see, and that this should be a game that Burroughs and Marty St. Louis decide to try things. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let's mix it up. Let's see what works. Like, how can we exploit this? But they won't. Um, I'll be honest. I, I expect that Seattle is probably going to beat us. Um, well, they are. It, they are on a, a four-game winning streak. They're like, yeah, six, six, three, and one. Honestly, it's crazy. But if I think we we obviously have we would have a better chance. We'd have a better shot, Jesus, at if we had Grubauer in that than Martin Jones. Grubauer has come back. He's on his like um, his eleventh game in. He's only he's three seven and one. Uh, to Martin Jones's incredible fucking redemption well, year. Mart- Martin Jones, like I don't think his personal statistics are actually all that good. No, no, no. Just- he's he's still he's still a below a nine, but. But he's just, I don't know how, he's just finding ways to win them games. Mm-hmm. And he's making timely saves. It's it's kind of weird to watch. I don't watch a lot of Seattle, but Martin Jones, I don't know. He just seems to, obviously the team itself and the offense is doing well to keep them in games, to keep, you know, outscore their opponents. But Martin Jones just finds a way to kind of grant fear, make <laughs> – you know, he might let in five, but he's not going to let in six. Do you know what I mean? So, right. It's um, it's an interesting year for Seattle for sure. So one more thing before we talk about uh, Team Canada, fucking enjoying this. Um, we're on the topic of Seattle. How do you feel about Seattle getting the Winter Classic? I know you don't think it's the coolest thing in the world because you live in Canada, but uh, for people like me, things like the the fucking winter classic's pretty cool. How do you feel about the two newest teams getting it when there's, I think, still eight teams in the NHL that have have never hosted it nor gone to it? Um, it's against uh, just so I'm not Vegas. Know. So it's in Seattle, which is badass. Against Vegas. Against yeah. Vegas. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I think that. It's good for the game. Um, Vegas, and I don't think Vegas needs help um, filling seats. And I don't think Seattle really does either. But I do think that it's important to include um, newer teams into the equation. I do like the kind of the storyline they're making there. However, mm-hmm. like I said, I do think that they they milk the hell out of the Winter Classics to the point in which I don't find them that like, I'll be honest. I probably won't watch that game. Really? Cause I don't care. I, that's just the reality yeah. of the situation. I don't care about Seattle and, and Vegas. And I don't think that there's any, I see the storyline that they're going for and I see what they're trying to create, but the, the point of the winter classic is to kind of bring back the past, right? Mm-hmm. And just as a matter of circumstance, neither of those teams have a past. So do you feel like they would be more situated? They would be situated better doing um, like just a, just a stadium series game instead of being the winter classic game? Oh, see, I don't even like I call them all winter classics. I don't. That's what I mean. Though. Like there's too many of them now. Yeah. I think it's stupid, but. Why? Why is it stupid? I just don't. I think you're. It, it's like the, the reason they don't hold the Olympics every year. 
the Olympic people tune into the Olympics because it happens once every four years, but track and field world championships happen every year. There are track events going on like mm-hmm. across the globe every day of the month, every month of the year, but people don't care. People don't watch it because it, there's no, there's no spectacle to it. Right. Whereas, you know, the Olympics come around, whoever the fastest man in the world is, everyone knows his name at that time. When he wins, everyone watches. The 100-meter dash will be the one of the largest um, TV-watched like things when it's on, but you're not going to watch it constantly. It's similar with North American sports in the sense, like, if the Super Bowl was held every year, or, sorry, multiple times a year, you wouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl is not only the, the championship, but it, it's a, it happens once in a year. Right. Whereas I think it's similar to the outdoor games. Like, I don't care. They, excuse me, they happen all the time. And secondly, like it or not, I understand that we're Habs fans and we get off on the whole original six thing a lot. It does matter. Teams, there are teams with histories that are important and the reality of the situation is they have the largest fan base and they have the most history and it creates a good narrative and there are actual rivalries there. So yeah, I don't personally think it's the Seattle Vegas. I understand what they're going for and I get it, but I don't think the winter classic is a good um, avenue for growing the game because at the end of the day, you're trying to fill out a stadium with people and that shouldn't be where you try to grow the game. If you're going to do a winter classic in like China or England or something, then, you know, that's an opportunity to grow the game because you're introducing it to a new audience. But no, I don't, I'm not particularly excited for Seattle and Vegas. I think the winter classic should be Montreal, Boston, Toronto, Montreal, um, Toronto, Boston, Rangers, Detroit, stuff like that. I don't. What really about a, what? A, what about Detroit, Colorado? That would be awesome. Give, like give Toronto, give Detroit like two more years. I think that'd be very nice. Uh, all right. Well, Mason killed that. So another guy to look for. <laughs> look for uh, tonight when y'all are watching the game. Jared McCann, obviously. Uh, Pretty successful career now that I'm looking at it. Um, since going to Pittsburgh, he's really upped his his shit. And then uh, with Seattle, he's definitely definitely found found his groove. He's the highest goal scorer on his team right now. Uh, with 19 goals last year, he had his career high 27 for 50 points on the season. He's at 19 already at only 35 games. Um, McCann is an absolute analytical darling. I love that. <laughs> he is. He, his advanced analytics are among the best in the league. In is he the, really? Uh, yes. Um, I honestly think might be one of them. Um, if you remember, the Toronto traded for him. Hmm. The Sens traded him to Toronto in order to uh-huh. not lose him for, any, for nothing because they weren't protecting him. Right. They knew that uh, Seattle was going to pick him. Toronto traded for him basically to I not don't know, to guarantee. like not let them 
touch anyone else on their team? It was – I can't remember who they were trying to protect. I think it might have been Belmar or someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe Kyle Dubas's biggest mistake is not keeping Jared McCann on that roster. I mean, Jared McCann was always like, if you're playing in a, a pretty deep league, um, was always a great guy to pick up, played power play with Sidney Crosby. You know um, anything? In kill penalties, he drives offense, he's great defensively. He's actually pretty good. Uh, his face-off percentage is is unreal for, for a left wing. <laughs> no, he's a phenomenal player, and I think – I think that it's definitely a big mistake. And yeah, he's definitely reaping the benefits of the uh, top six ice time in Seattle. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I guess, I guess we're forced to talk about the world juniors, huh? Forced to, we get to. Well, not just yet. Cause uh, we have a, we have an ad read by our friends over at DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free, 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. That's fucking sick. Just place any NFL bet on your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10 action. Okay. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Um, I do love the app. Tried to put a little bet on uh, U.S. versus Canada. Didn't work out in my favor. Uh, we got our buddy that works that works with me. He's a little Zachy Parlay. This dude drops like fucking 16-leg parlays, puts down like $2.00. Uh, chances of winning like this week, he's got like a it's like $55,000 if he fucking wins. Uh, it's hilarious, but he's just a degenerate. Uh, but the app's really easy to fucking use. Um, if you don't know, so like you know, hockey, hockey, um, sports betting's like fucking new. Uh, all sports betting's really new to uh, New Orleans and Louisiana. And DraftKings makes it really easy to understand what it is. There's even like a help a help bar that explains like what a puck line is, what a money line is, you know, what is it, you know, the over under, all that shit. Uh, but anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New co- new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason, we're back. Um, I think we were going to talk world juniors. Oh, kidding. Uh, so even though you don't like Seattle Kraken uh, having the Winter Classic, they are playing it at T-Mobile Park, which is where the Seattle Mariners play. I think that's a great fucking spot. I even thought. If they did it in the NFL stadium, would have been badass too. They get that sick, like just the middle of it is open. I don't know. Kind of, kind of looks like a, I guess hot dog, hot hot dog wise. If we're thinking about it like that, but uh, T-Mobile Park's pretty sick. Should be a good night, even if Mason doesn't watch. Um, okay, Mason, it is time to talk World Juniors. About freaking time. <laughs> talk about it. Well, we have another ad read. I didn't know if you knew this, but we do have another one. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have another ad read. 
Well, yeah. So World Juniors were this is one of the best World Junior years uh, in recent memory for me. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought that there were like four, maybe five, sorry, five or six teams that could have won. Finland, that Czechia Sweden. team was pretty badass. Yeah, Finland, Sweden, the U.S., the Slovaks, Canada, and Czechia all had chances to win. I really believe that. I thought I was seriously, honestly, more worried about Czechia than I was about the U.S. And rightfully so. They beat Canada, like thoroughly spanked us on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. And then even in that uh, gold medal game, took it all the way to overtime and really pushed the Canadians. They, they Connor Bedard has only been, uh, this is the most insane stat, Corey. This like hockey season, mm-hmm. Connor Bedard has been held pointless once. It was the very first game of the WHL. And check the Czechia team made it twice. So he was scoreless in both tournament games this year. No. Oh, are you just saying he's saying, now twice? No, 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 no. Off the score sheet. In every in every game he's played in the year yeah. in the 2022 to 2023 season, he has only going into this final game. He's so only including had one time. WHL, he only got held off the score sheet once, and it was at the very. It was the season opener in the WHL, right? So, very first game, probably you know whatever hadn't whatever he was cold. And this cold was this whatever. was his first and against time in the dump, Czechia, right? No, and against Czechia, no. and against Czechia, they blanked in the final game. They held him pointless. So that it means he was on he was on like a 36 game point streak going into this final game. They took they held him off the point, the point wow. uh, off the score sheet. So I thought you know, any a lot of teams were in it. Um, a lot of teams had opportunity. I think that's great for the game. It makes great watching too. And a lot of Habs prospects did really well. Um Mitch Brown, who I've uh, you know spoken about quite a bit on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh did um, uh, some advanced uh, stats calculations with uh, Jay Fresh and another guy for Elite nice. Prospect and actually determined, too, that Habs prospects accumulatively had the most – the most they drove the most offense and they had the most wins above replacement of any other prospect group. Hmm. So that was great to see. And largely, that was due to performances from Joshua Waugh, Lane Hudson, and uh, Adam Engstrom, who we haven't spoken about a lot on this podcast, but he played phenomenally for Sweden. So we have a few um, a few guys we got to talk about um, before we wrap things up here. We'll give all those prospects some time in the limelight. Uh, who do you want to start with, Gray? Uh, have it pulled up. Let's... Uh... You want to go with your Canadian guys first, or you, you just want to? It's up to you, man. Uh, let's go. Let's go Canada. You know, let's just do it because that's your that's more or less your limelight guys. But uh, Joshua, right? Uh, seven games played the entire tournament. Uh, five goals, six assists, eleven points. 
Um, I think we talked just a few, you know, like what, two weeks ago that Joshua Wild was getting snubbed, um, was on a third line, if I'm not mistaken. Joshua was on like a QM flex line. Yeah. A, a Quebecois line, sort of a QMJHL line. Which, which they which, always do. Yeah, for like some reason. They always fucking do this. I don't understand it. But uh, we said, you know, I spoke about this. He's going to play his way up. Well, he did. Got on a line with Stan Coven and Bedard. And that line dominated the tournament. And, you know, often I, th- I think if you don't understand Josh Wall's game, and if you weren't familiar with him, or if you're just looking at the stat sheet, you may have thought, okay, he's being, he's playing passenger on this line. He's getting carried. But that was not the case. Wow. He. <laughs> He was very active, and I think a large part helped helped those two in their play um, exponentially. He was, you know, Joshua is not a great transition player. He's not a very good skater. He's average. He's an average skater at best. But his defensive work, um, for example, he had a penalty kill against the. I believe it was against the Americans. Or was it the Slovaks? No, it was again. If you're talking about how he basically decimated. The then, U.S.'s yeah, power play chance. It was yeah, it was so all Joshua. Joshua single-handedly killed like forty-five seconds and created mm-hmm. a scoring opportunity. And for only for only for us to find out after the game because he put he's been playing on the penalty kill the whole the whole tournament. He had never played on the penalty kill <laughs> ever in the queue in junior anything. So that was just crazy to hear. Um, especially since he's, you know, succeeded, like done mm-hmm. so well on it. Um, and not only that, but he then goes on to set up the golden goal in overtime. And yes, Dylan Gunther is going to get, going to be the one who's remembered. His name is going to, you know, he's in the history books. He's one of three Canadians to have scored a golden goal in the, in the world juniors. But Joshua made that play. That pass was perfect, and it was perfectly timed. He waited just the right amount of time to send it over. Um, made a great play to bring the puck up. Was in the right space, the right time. Like Joshua was instrumental in that role, and instrumental to the team um, in general. Actually, him and uh, Logan Stankov and, and Bedard won all three of Canada's Player of the Tournament awards. So yeah, Joshua. To say Joshua had a good performance at the World Juniors, I think, is to put it to put it rather lightly. Yeah. yeah. So your other Canadian guy, we got Owen Beck, who only got to see three games, uh, but had a crucial assist. And if I'm not mistaken, his first shift. Uh yeah. So Owen Beck, or not his first shift, I don't think. I think, it was but it was second. it was his first game. I know that it was like his first game in. Yeah, so Beck was a late uh, addition. He was snubbed. He was robbed. Yeah, we spoke about how he was, you know, probably should have been there from the start. Is having a great season in Mississauga. Has 40 points in 30 games already. He had 51 last year in total. Um, And then, yeah, got called up due to an injury to Colton Dock, uh, separating his shoulder. And immediately made an impact only had two two shifts his first game and honestly did play very sparingly but made an impact every time he touched the ice he was on the ice to take face-offs as he's leading the ohl in that category um in crucial moments of the games 
he, he drew a penalty that resulted in a goal. He got an assist um, his first game as, as well. Um, Beck, you know, did really well, and he's going to be the only returning player um, to that uh, Canadian World Junior team, like uh, for forwards. Mm-hmm. Next season, he'll be the only returning guy. So I think that's um, pretty important that he got that experience. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see what he'll do next year. And obviously, um, I thought it was pretty cool for me personally to uh, Owen Beck's from Port Hope. Port Hope. Like 15 minutes away from uh, my hometown. So uh, me and the boys back home were watching the game, you know, freaking out a little bit. It was really cool to see him. Uh, raised the the uh the gold medal and here from from port hope ontario that's a pretty cool moment and then after the uh after the tournament just to you know get a little off track here um there were rumors he was going to get traded he got traded to peterborough did he really yeah he's playing for the peets now which means that i'll be able to uh i Corey, this is fucking hilarious. I, you know that the like log league. I like quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're co- you're yeah. Yeah, I, I've coached quote unquote coached in the building he's going to be playing in. So yeah, <laughs> I'm in pretty, pretty close proximity to Owen Beck. Maybe we could finally get Owen Beck on this podcast. You might bump into him, or I can just aggravate him enough on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and be like, hey, hey, yeah. uh. My co-host, who's actually closer in age to you than I am, uh, is 15 minutes away from your hometown. You should talk on our podcast. And, you know, I won't do it justice, but since you won't do it, I'll just have to be that that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> exciting, exciting to hear. And uh, the reasoning, too, I thought was pretty cool. The uh, GM of the steelhead said that he's not basically because mississauga traded has traded a bunch of guys uh a fellow world junior ethan del mastro and uh mm-hmm. luca del bell uh belize so oh great name great name yes but good overage players beck has another year of junior eligibility yeah. but basically the comments yeah. made by the gm were i'm not he said like quote unquote I'm not willing to bet against Owen Beck, meaning he thinks he's going to make the NHL next year. So I thought that was pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Pretty cool to say the least. So yeah, cool. Um, Some good performance from the Canadian boys. Hopefully we get to see Beck again next year uh, in that tournament. I think uh, I'm excited for the Canadian roster next year and excited to see what he can do. But uh, moving on to... You're tripping. Uh, Dell's Bells, He's he went to Columbus. I, I only remember that because of that name. Um, I really wanted a Mississauga jersey, but now I'm not going to get one. What do you mean he went? To, I I didn't say he. I said he got traded. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like that's that's just something I remember from the draft. Oh, is that he had such a wild name that I remember he went to Columbus because so I was like, <laughs> best name of the draft. Oh yeah, it's sick name. Um, I can't wait to see it like on the back of a <laughs> jersey. Is unreal. Um. Yeah, no, that's so sick that he's in Peterborough, though. Like you said, that's even close. It's closer to where he's from, too. So I'm yeah, sure that's that's awesome that's, for him as well. I was getting pretty excited, too, because there were rumors that Peterborough stacked up. They traded for Gavin White, um, who's leading the OHL in goals. Dude, I'd love to go to a fucking 
uh, just like not an NHL game. What, CHL what, game. Yeah, a CHL. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, that. it's pretty fun. Um, but I was getting pretty excited because there were rumors that Shane Wright, Shane Wright might get dealt to um, to the Peets as well. But uh, I saw he he's to, going to London for like going to London for six uh, six picks and uh, a kid who's draft eligible. And London is London is on a streak. They're like twenty one one and two or something ridiculous so he's joining logan mayu for that run hey dale hunter is a cool guy he wasn't against <laughs> he wasn't against the habs uh but i met him and he's he's a fantastic person yeah so it'll be interesting to see the kind of the uh the playoff race uh, uh playoff uh kind of fight in the mm-hmm. uh ohl this year um but moving oh, yeah. on to some other so we got we got Lane Hudson. Let's go U.S. We'll kind of go in order of yep. where they, uh, they landed. I didn't watch a lot of the U.S. play, to be honest. But okay. whenever Hudson touched the puck against Canada, I was nervous. Uh, he looked really good. He made some very key plays. Like, at the end of the day, Lane Hudson is over a point a game in the NCAA as, mm-hmm. as a freshman, true freshman defenseman. Do you remember where he's Austin. playing? What's up? Do you remember where he's playing? Where Lane Hudson's playing? Yeah. Um, I I'll look it up. Don't worry about it. And I'll double check. I think it's Boston. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Boston University. Yeah. Oh, is that BU? BU. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh 20 points in 18 games. Finished the World Junior Championship with four points in seven games. Yeah. Honestly, probably probably could have had more. Uh he played exceptional and was a big role in uh, that American team beating Sweden in overtime too. The mm-hmm. final, the final goal was Elaine Hudson juking out everyone driving to the net, and then someone burying the rebound. It was very pretty. Hudson played very, very well, and uh, because we talk about him so much, I don't think there's much more I can really say about that. So, uh, yeah. other than you know, I was not disappointed in the play of Elaine Hudson. His advanced analytics were phenomenal. His you know, the eye test rang true. His on pace to still be a phenomenal player. And it, it, we got comments from people like Craig button saying if he were six foot tall, he would have gone first overall. Like he, <laughs> he has really endeared himself to the general hockey public. Um, but moving on to another defender, Adam Engstrom for Sweden, a guy that I don't think we, you and I give enough credit to. We don't really talk about him a lot because let's be honest, the Habs have, just so fucking many defensive prospects and just, you know, exciting guys like Lane Hudson. Uh, yeah, he unfortunately really, falls into the cracks. Absolutely. But uh, 19-year-old uh, defender, six foot tall, so a little undersized, which is funny after we talk about Hudson to say six foot is undersized, but not the biggest defender. Great skater and just a phenomenal defender. I thought that he really impressed me. I understand that his play has been projecting upwards uh, this last year. But, and I, I, what I saw from the tournament validated all those claims. I thought Sweden desperately underperformed all expectations this year, but mm-hmm. often in the game against Canada, when there was a rush, it was being led by Angstrom and he was leading out 
by himself, like going on breakaways, um, leading the transition, making breakout passes, making moves with his feet at the line and his hands to get around people to try to activate into the play while also consistently being the first player back to try and disrupt, um, you know, Canada's op- offense. And I know his usage was pretty heavy in the world juniors. Uh, Sweden used him not only in offensive situations, but also in defensive situations to shut down guys like Bedard and um, Edward Chalet for the Czechs, um, Logan Cooley for the Americans. Um, Ultimately, Sweden did under underperform as a whole. Um, the whole team did, but mm-hmm. Engstrom finished with three points in seven games. And first, a, a team that struggled largely throughout the um, the World Juniors, I think he had a pretty solid performance. He plus minus is not the end all be all, especially in the World Juniors. So, but at the end of the day, he was on for a lot more goals than he was um, scored on, and I think his defensive impact really really impressed me because i've i've heard lots and seen lots of him being an offensive defenseman that's awesome sorry i was mid yawn um yeah dude goal to assist uh for a struggling team he did well no absolutely played well um the other player uh scandinavian player that is uh oliver kapanen mm-hmm uh, was the captain of the Finns. Now talk about underperforming. The Finns were the biggest letdown of this tournament for me. Uh, didn't even uh, did they? They didn't make it. Out they didn't the place. Quarters. Yeah. Did they? Did they make even make the quarter? They made the quarterfinal, right? Mm, I'll let you know right now. But I don't think they did. I think they, I think they lost to Sweden. Yeah, yeah. It was like Finland versus Sweden or something like that. Um, anyway, they lost. Um, Oliver Kapanen was the yes, that's what it that's what it was. It went to OT though, so yeah, Kapanen was the captain of uh that team, and you know, I think that that Finnish team had a lot of expectations on their shoulders, and uh, they were expected to do well. Unfortunately, they underperformed. Um, and to to be honest, I don't think Kapanen played as well as he could have either he had three points in five games but as the captain as an overager uh i think the fins just as a whole group were expecting expecting more out of everyone so it's hard for me to like criticize captain for his performance but i i'd be lying if i if i said i think he impressed me i think captain along with the rest of the fins had a kind of mediocre to underwhelming tournament mm-hmm. to say the least that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Finns were going to do something this year. Uh, they, they tend to be pretty dangerous. Uh, but, I mean, it's two goals and an assist. It's not, it's not underperforming, I guess, for him, you know. Yeah, it just wasn't was not what we were looking for. Looking yeah. for. Um, and then, finally, Vince's, uh, Vince's Rohrer, um, the Austrian, I thought, honestly, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet. And, you know, Austrians certainly weren't winning any medals. But in spite of that fact, he had a great performance. Uh, The captain of the Austrian team, I believe, as well. He did everything he could. And and, and it's when you're playing on an island like that, um, I think it can be very difficult. But Roar 
I think definitely played pretty well. And I'm excited to see him return to the Ottawa 67s where he can continue to, um, well, one, for once, like more importantly, um, the Ottawa 67s are fucking dominating this year. But Rory can get back to uh, where he left off 33 points in 27 games for 11 goals. Um, you know, kind of go back, continue to light up the OHL. And uh, he, he has another draft or a junior year. So this isn't his last year junior. We'll see him again next year at the World Juniors. And uh, hopefully he can just kind of grow off this performance because three points in five games for a just dreadful Austrian team is not bad at all. I mean, they made it to the uh, the quarterfinals, huh? Uh, I think they lost against Latvia. The only two teams that didn't make the quarter were okay. Um, no, Latvia didn't make the quarter. I don't. I don't know. Well, they, they played were, January fourth, Austria versus Latvia. They were yeah. They they were not a good team. Fair. All right. Well, we got one more guy. If you forgot, Philip Mazer. Uh, yeah, no, I Philip Mayshar, I thought, played really, 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 really fucking good. That Slovakian team was phenomenal. I think it's a joke that he didn't get a player of the tournament. I, I think he – let me quickly – I don't, actually don't know. It's funny. I don't – His stats? Mayshar's stats off the top of my head. Two goals, four assists, and five games. It is six and five. Okay, yeah, six points in five games. Um. I thought he played great. Like he was who we expected him to be. He had a fucking insane assist against Team Canada uh, when the Slovaks almost beat us in mm-hmm. the uh, quarterfinal, and I was screaming at the TV because <laughs> no, seriously, he almost single-handedly um, yeah. on that. It was that was all him. He set it up. It was beautiful. I think Mayshar did exactly what we wanted him to do at the world juniors. And like I said, like I've said with a lot of these guys excited to see him go back to the OHL and pick up where he left off with the Kitchener Rangers. He's been tearing it up there. I mean, they... I'm sorry. Keep going. Kitchener has been stocking up. Uh, they're going to make another run this year. And Mayshar has a lot of offense left in him. And I think he's going to be a really, really good player. So it's exciting to, uh, it was exciting to watch him play. It was kind of tough luck for the um for the Slovakian team. They definitely deserved better. But we'll get to see Mayshar again next year. And that Slovakian team is going to be looking pretty fucking good. Not only on the uh, U20, but uh, just general international scale in years to come. Yeah, he had a really good goal uh, against the U.S. game. Uh, we lost six to six to two, six to three. Um, yeah, he was uh, very good in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, if uh, I think that that's covered everything on the World Juniors, um, mm. we we spoke about Habs in Seattle, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, unless you have anything else, I don't have anything else to, uh, yeah, I know you gotta go, you gotta get ready to burglarize some more shit. Um, but no, we're good. Um, I think, I think we've covered it. Well, anyway, um, uh, thank y'all so much for listening. This has been Habs nightly. We really appreciate y'all listening, uh, and taking the time to pregame with us more or less. Uh, 
if you're a Canadian citizen, which I'm sure you are, uh, I'm sure you guys are happy about your World Juniors uh, final or outcome. But uh, once again, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.